Welcome to another amazing episode of the MicroConf podcast. Today, we have a MicroConf tactics episode where we look at a SaaS cheat code. I have four SaaS cheat codes that I often talk about, and they're all described and explained in my new book, The SaaS Playbook. But in this video, I talk about a secret way to make an extra $10,000 or more in MRR each month. And the secret, of course, is expansion revenue. So if you want to join me for the next 12, 14 minutes, you can hear the audio from this YouTube video. Or if you want to check out the YouTube video directly, click the link in the show notes. And with that, let's dive into the SaaS cheat code of expansion revenue. In this video, I'm going to talk about a little known way to make thousands more from your SaaS business. I'm Rob Walling. I've started multiple seven-figure companies. I've invested in more than 120 startups, and I've written three books on entrepreneurship. So I'm going to tell it to you straight. In SaaS, we have it so good. Seriously, recurring revenue is the cheat code for every other business. And in SaaS, that's the baseline. We basically get it for free. We have subscriptions built into our business model. There are so many books written on the topic of how to get recurring revenue from other types of companies, whether it's lawn care or one-time use e-commerce, going to subscription, all that stuff. There's so many books. So many business models have this one-time revenue and it gives you a less stable business. Your exit multiples are low, but in SaaS, we get that for free. Since we get recurring revenue with SaaS, we want more. And that is, drum roll please, expansion revenue. Expansion revenue is is one of my four SaaS cheat codes. And it's absolutely magical if you can build it into your SaaS company. And expansion revenue isn't in your business by default, and not every SaaS company can easily build it into their pricing. But when you can, it's an incredible power up, a cheat code, if you will, for your business. So what is expansion revenue? It's the opportunity for a customer to pay you more money as they get more value from your product. So in essence, it's having pricing tiers that auto upgrade folks as they get more value. And this is great because you make more money. The first order effect is you make more money. The second order effect is that you can literally add zero customers to your business in a given month. But if you have expansion revenue and your churn is low enough, you can have what's called net negative churn. This is where you add zero customers and your business still grows. The best and fastest growing SaaS companies in the world have expansion revenue that leads to net negative churn. Some of these are large companies like Salesforce, HubSpot, Slack, Box, and others are small companies. For example, my most recent SaaS company I ran, Drip. Before I sold it, we had expansion revenue that led to net negative churn about eight or nine months of the year. And it was a nice buffer against those months of the year where we didn't have a ton of growth. December tends to be a slow month for a lot of B2B SaaS. And for us, it was around tax time. It was April or May where I felt like people were cutting expenses. That's the US tax time anyways. And in those months, even though we added fewer customers, that expansion revenue that was built into our pricing, since it was an ESP and as people added more subscribers, they paid us more, that helped make Drip an incredible business. And for me, I now have a personal rule that if I were to ever start another SaaS company, which I don't plan to, but if I did, I would want expansion revenue built into that business. It's so powerful. There are three typical ways to price your SaaS. One is to have what's called a value metric. So this is where you have a number that if people exceed that, they move up to the next tier. So for email service providers, this is subscriber count. For CRMs like Salesforce and close.com, that is the seat count. So as you add more seats, it goes up. And for Box and Dropbox, it's both seat-based and it's based on the amount of storage, say the gigabytes or terabytes that you're using. The second option, which 
is less ideal is feature gating. We'll look at some examples of this in just a second, but feature gating is where you may not have a value metric, but if someone wants XYZ feature like a Salesforce integration, then they move up to the next pricing tier. And the third most common option is to have both a value metric and feature gating. It can get really complicated quickly, so you have to be careful with it, but those are the three options that most SaaS companies stay within. If you want to go deeper on pricing, I recorded a video a few months ago called SaaS Pricing Models Explained in Five Minutes, and you can check it out in this channel. So let's look at some value metric examples. Then we're going to look at a couple concrete examples of expansion revenue and how it happens. So for value metrics, I already mentioned per seat pricing. So if we look at SavvyCal, which is a scheduling SaaS per seat charge, Close.com, as I mentioned, Signwell, which is electronic signature, Dropbox, G Suite, Google Workspace, Google for Work, whatever they call it now, Keeping, which is support software, Help Scout. There are so many apps that are per seat. It just might be the most common value metric. And my rule of thumb is if you can charge per seat, you should. And my rule of thumb of when you can charge per seat is if multiple people in the same account log in and they see different things. So if you think about logging into calendar scheduling or electronic signature or project management software or sales CRM software, you're gonna see different things because things are assigned and you have notes that may be designated to you versus if five people log into an email service provider like MailChimp, even if they're at the same company, they usually see the same thing. And so it doesn't make sense for MailChimp to charge per account. To our next example, which is per subscriber or per contact. And so think of an email service provider like MailChimp, Drip, Aweber, Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign. As I think about it, this might just be the second most popular value metric. Competition for great talent is more challenging than ever. Almost every startup I know struggles to hire fast enough to keep up with demand. In order to hire faster, you need a trusted source of pre-vetted candidates. Lemon.io is that source. They have an extensive network of engineers from Europe and Latin America, and every candidate has been tested and interviewed by their team. You're probably wondering, how is this different from hiring on your own? Number one, you can have an engineer who can start working within a week instead of months. Number two, you don't waste your time on unqualified candidates. Number three, you'll have easy access to global talent without going through dozens of job boards. And number four, it's more affordable than hiring local talent. So if you need to expand your engineering team or delegate some of your engineering work, use Lemon.io. We have a special discount for fans of MicroConf. Visit Lemon.io slash MicroConf to receive a 15% discount for the first four weeks of working with a developer. That's Lemon.io slash MicroConf. And then we have domain-specific value metrics, like check out JudoScale at judoscale.com. This is a Heroku add-on that involves scaling up your dinos on Heroku. I'm getting into the technical weeds here, but the charge there is per dino with higher prices for higher priced dinos. Frankly, the, the more performant dinos cost you more to scale up and down. Or postpone.app, which is a Reddit scheduling and messaging tool. The value metrics there are posts and number of accounts you're managing. And Statusgator, which is instant cloud service monitoring charges based on the number of cloud services you're monitoring, plus the number of websites you're monitoring and users. So they have three value metrics all mixed into their pricing. So whether you're charging per seat, per subscriber, or by some domain specific value metric, the idea is that as a customer gets more value from your product, they should pay you more. And so let's take a quick look at an example of expansion revenue that is leading to net negative churn in a business called Textual at textual.com. Textual is text to buy for 
e-commerce. And they're one of the leading providers. And they're also a company that I've invested in through TinySeed. If we look at Textual's pricing, you'll see $99 a month, and that's for 1,000 subscribers. So this is kind of the email service provider model where it's subscriber-based. They also limit on SMS messages because SMS messages are a hard cost to send. And so their lowest tier, $99, allows 3,000 SMS messages. Then their second tier for $299, up to 4,999 subscribers and 12,000 SMS messages. And then they have their more enterprise tier with variable pricing for unlimited subscribers. And expansion revenue is as simple as this. Imagine hypothetically that Textual has 10 customers, each paying $99 a month. And let's round up to $100 a month for easy math. 10 customers, $100, $1,000 in MRR per month. And let's say in any given month, one of their customers adds enough subscribers that they climb up to the next tier, the $300 per month tier. So now we have nine customers paying 100 and we have one paying 300. You didn't have to add any new customers in order to get an extra $200 of MRR, which in this case, if no one canceled, if your churn was zero, you would have 20% net negative churn. This is a contrived example, but you can imagine if you had a thousand customers and at any given time you had 20 or 30 or 40 that were going up tiers. And as the revenue they're paying you expands, you make more money without changing anything and without doing any more marketing work, onboarding new customers, adding support burden. It's an incredible tool. Realistically, in a lot of businesses, if you make it to net negative churn with your expansion revenue, which if you recall, it means you're adding MRR by doing nothing. That number is usually pretty low. It's 2%, 3%, 4%. But realize if you're operating at scale, let's say you're doing $100,000 a month, which I know of many, many bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped SaaS companies that are in that range. If you have net negative churn of 4%, that means you're adding $4,000 of MRR to your business without adding new customers. And I've talked about this before. If you don't think just in terms of MRR, of monthly recurring revenue, but you think in terms of enterprise value of what you could sell that business for, $4,000 in MRR times 12 gets us to 48,000 in annual recurring revenue or ARR. And if we just take a 5X multiple on that, that's almost a quarter of a million dollars. It's $240,000 in enterprise value that's added to your your net worth. By having what might seem like a small percentage of net negative churn, you can build an incredible business. And there's a reason I call it one of the four SaaS cheat codes. In a second, I'm going to tell you about one of the challenges with expansion revenue. Before I do that, I'd love to invite you to hit the like button if you've enjoyed this video and subscribe to the channel. I have videos like this coming out every week on this channel, covering things from building to launching to growing to marketing your bootstrap SaaS company. So I want to add a caveat to expansion revenue. Not every business can have it. it. It just doesn't work in every business. One of my SaaS companies before Drip was called Hittail. It's an SEO keyword tool. And no matter what I tried, I couldn't get expansion revenue into that business. I couldn't get it to work at scale. Sometimes no matter which number you're using, no matter which value metric you try, people just aren't increasing that number at a fast enough rate to make expansion revenue really work for your business. And so you have a couple choices. You can keep experimenting with your pricing, or you can put that business on the back burner or sell it and start a business where expansion revenue is built in from the start. And honestly, if you're building an early stage business, a step one business, trying to quit your day job, do you need expansion revenue? No, you don't. Are there great businesses built without expansion revenue or without net negative churn? Absolutely. But since it is such an incredible lever for your business, I wanted to talk about it in today's video. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you next week.